in a dark world filled with deceit. One united voice is crying out. Revealing the truth of God's word. It's time to expose the hidden truth. And unravel the lies. While we're living in Satan's little season. With Sister Crystal and Brother Phil. Welcome to Living in Satan's Little Season Show. We're your hosts. Sister Crystal. And Brother Phil. Topic today. When are we living? A timeline of biblical events. This is going to be... I would say, in my opinion, the most important show, or this might not, this might even go into two or three shows. This is a really huge topic, and I'm going to explain my new timeline. I've changed my position on where I believe we at are at on the timeline, and I'm going to show. I'm going to. I'm basically going to run you through the train of thought that I've my research, how I've developed, where I've gotten to, where I believe where we're at right now on the timeline. My results are going to surprise you. I know I know they surprised me. They're here kind of a funny character in that you read the scriptures and it's like you kind of have to chew on your cud <laughs> and chew and chew until you can digest it and it, it is unsettling to you. You pray, you fast, you chew again and then like something clicks. I think it's the Holy Spirit kind of helping you kind of digest it but things become clearer there's clarity there's um, peace there's things clicking and falling into place that makes so much sense now that you've kind of had this I don't want to say an aha moment but more of a um, an in-depth looking through the the little uh, magnifying glass to really deepen your thought on what words actually are defined what they really mean how they're written in scripture and how they actually flow in our language in English it's just it's that kind of correlation to everything I'm going to show you where I got things wrong and explain that you cannot always trust Mm. what you read in your Bible because translators a lot of times translate words improperly and this is what was catching me up I'm like well my Bible says this and I'm like I thought but see I thought I understood what those it really what it came down to misunderstanding one single word. And I'm going to explain this to you on the show. It was unbelievable. Once I unlocked the meaning of that word in the original languages that it was written in, everything made total sense. But that one word, it was my misunderstanding because mm-hmm. in the English, and I'll show you where it's easy to misunderstand this word. Once we get to this area on the show, I'll show you what I'm talking about. Right now, we're going to go through. A timeline of events. I've come up with a timeline. Matter of fact, I have a chart, mm-hmm. a timeline chart that's gonna that you got you can download for the show. I'm gonna show you and it, that you can download, print off this chart, and I have a chart of a timeline that I believe accurately displays not only where we're at but what's going on 
and everything else. Well, I believe it's crucial, first of all, that you're understanding this because so many people are just looking for the truth. Where are we in the timeline? What's going to happen next? Um, can we trust God's word? Why does it seem confusing? Because we're living in Satan's little season or in the time frame that is a corruptive season. And then, you know, I think the devil and his adversary, you know, ones that work with him, do not want the truth to get out. And so it's all about keeping people pinned in to a certain other timeline or focus on events that aren't really applying to us. Okay, so we're going to start. We're going to start going over the timeline from the birth of Christ on, and I'm going to, we're going to give you approximate. Now, these are going to be approximate dates, folks. I'm not going to give you exact. There's good, there's going to be a lot of times. I like to round dates so it, it, it's a little easier to kind of follow. And if you don't have precise, you know, this any half year, I'm not going to do. I just put it the general year time frame of what we're talking about in these events. I mean, like give or take five, ten years somewhere around there. It's what I'm trying to talk about. So. We're going to start at the very beginning. Why don't we go ahead and we'll, we'll, we'll go by our, the chart that I've, I've created that the, you can all download. You can It's freely distributable chart. You can give this to your friends. Give this to your family. People that maybe don't understand where we're at on the timeline. Eventually, I, don't, I didn't put scripture in here because there's a lot of information on this, t this timeline. And I was trying to get as much information as I could. But I can put scriptures that back all this stuff up. So it's not like I'm making this stuff up, and I, right. I, have, I have the scriptures that I'm gonna. We're gonna go over some of these scriptures today right. in this show. But I just wanted to explain to you where we're at on the timeline, and so we're gonna start with the birth of Christ. Go. Okay. So the birth of Jesus at zero A.D. Okay, that was the first thing on the timeline. I didn't go back any further. I could have done a full timeline of even all the Old Testament events, mm -hmm. but I, I'm not concerned with that right now because that's a whole. That would just take too long. Matter of fact, this is going to take too long, but I'm, I'm going to try to get this done as quickly as I can. So I'm just going over the timeline of events from the birth of Christ to where we're at now in biblical history. So now that's the first thing. What's the next thing that comes up? So Jesus Christ's death and burial and resurrection and ascension at 33 AD. Okay, now remember these um, dates are going to be approximate. Because I know you, it, it, I put zero A.D. for Christ's birth when some. Oh, it was four B.C. I, 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 I know all that stuff. Don't, you know, just don't, uh, you know. And th this could be thirty-three. It could be thirty because it was four. I, I, you know, I understand. I'm, I'm just giving approximate dates here. Is all we're trying to do to kind of keep things easy to understand, and so that you can have a general flow of time and how mm -hmm. things went. Okay. So what's the next thing that comes up? So the gospels preached to everyone on the earth. The Great Falling Away occurred at 33 to 67 A.D. Okay, so we already had some previous shows on this. This idea that the gospel message was preached to the entire world. Mm -hmm. Everyone on earth heard it before Jesus dropped the hammer on the Armageddon events. So uh, even when Paul wrote many times, even in the book of Romans, that yes, I you know the gospel message had gone out to the whole world. Everyone's heard it and all that. So this is there's numerous places in there. You can go listen to my show if you you want to know that. Cause that that went up to about 67 A.D. or so, and then what what comes up next? Okay, so the seven year tribulation, the mark of the beast, and the beheadings of the saints, the temple and old covenant system is destroyed, 63 to 70 A.D. Okay, that's basically the seven year tribulation, three mm -hmm. and a half years tribulation, three and a half years. Great Tribulation, mm -hmm. and that's when all the apostles pretty much died except for John, and he was imprisoned in the island of Pamela. Matter of right. fact, when he was 
penning the book of Revelation, he was already in prison there and right. explaining, oh, uh, yeah, we're all going through the tribulation right now. And so, he, you know, he had already gone through all that. And so this happened, seven-year tribulation to about 70, could be 73. It's hard to know exact dates, but I'm just giving you, I put it to 70 because 70 is a nice round number. Mm -hmm. I finished it off there. It could be 67 to 73 or whatever, but I'm not concerned with exact dates. I'm getting just general timelines here. I hope you guys understand that. Yeah, I'm not trying to be like, I know there's always going to be those critical thinkers that will be like, well, that date was off by three years. I, I, I know that. I'm just trying to get round numbers. I'm just kind of rounding it up and down. That's kind of what I'm doing here. So that's, that happened 70 AD to 70 AD. Now let's go ahead and move on. What's the next right, thing? Happens? So the return of Christ and the first resurrection of the saints, the battle of Armageddon, the Satan is bound for a thousand years and the millennial reign of Christ and, and the, the saints reign um, begin to reign 70 AD. Okay, so I'm just kind of putting it all, kind of lumping everything together in the, this thing that Christ returned during the um, tribulate, the end of the tribulation period. Mm -hmm. And, w and of course, re re the first resurrection of the saints happened at that time. That's the ones that were going to be going to live and reign with Christ for a thousand years. Okay, that's those people. That's the all the what I call dead in Christ. Paul refers to them as the dead in Christ, and they will rise with Christ. This doesn't count all the righteous dead from the Old Testament. I've had shows right. that explained all this before. This is just the dead in Christ, the people that were uh, believers in Jesus Christ during his ministry, and if they died in between during the Great Tribulation, it was kind of a reward for them to, you know, as overcoming the Great Tribulation and all that, to um, they, got, they got an early resurrections, basically. Right. Well, all of these were in succession, so yeah. they didn't all exactly happen right after, right at the same time, but yeah. one after the other, and so yeah. That's after why Christ all came back, he resurrected the saints at mm -hmm. the same time. Matter of fact, when he was in the air, and he sat down on the Mount of Olives. Right. Uh, we had scriptures on that, and then basically that's when the Battle of Armageddon started because they, you know they had their home base right there in right. Jerusalem. And then, of course, after the Battle of Armageddon happened. Satan was bound for a thousand years. Just I, I, that's probably I don't know how many months, years that all that all these things took, but it was within maybe a year or two that all this stuff happened. Right. I just lump it all together in one year because uh, it's easier just to keep track of everything that all happened like at one sort of time frame, well, they're small all time sequential frame. events. Yeah, you know. And then of course, Christ for a thousand years, he started his millennial mm -hmm. reign at that seventy A.D. mark. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is kind of important to understand. 70 AD, AD mark, he starts his millennial reign. That's a thousand year reign of Christ right then. Okay, so let's go ahead and move so, on. What's the next event? The millennial reign of Christ ends, and Satan is loosed to deceive the nations for a little season. That's 1070 AD. Okay, so 70 AD, remember, Christ reigned, started his thousand year reign. And 1070, which was, you know, the end or the beginning of the second millennium, mm -hmm. what we call the second millennium, we're right now in, in already starting the the beginning of the third millennium is where we're at right now. This is the beginning of the second. So this happened. This is nearly almost nearly a thousand years ago now that mm -hmm. Christ that Christ millennial reign ended. The time frame that we're looking at over almost a thousand years ago now for mm -hmm. in our 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 point of view. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you know a lot of things transpired then. Okay, so Christ millennial reign ended. Of course, then Satan was his little season, and his little season. The purpose of it was to deceive the nations. Right to go to war. Okay, so this is, so let's move on to the next. The so next the next one. thing is the Gog and Magog War, 
1360 AD. This is towards the end of Satan's little season when I think the Gog-Magog war happened. Now I'll explain. We're going to read a scripture here. Where I get this 1360 AD, I want to explain where I get this number from. I didn't just make this up out of my head. I believe that the millennial reign of Christ was a thousand years. Mm -hmm. Exactly a thousand years, just like the Bible says. Right. And I believe Daniel, in in, in Daniel chapter 12, gives us how long Satan's little season lasted. Right. And we go, uh, and we're going to read that now, 335 years. Let's go ahead and read Daniel chapter 12 here. And because this is an important, I haven't gone over Daniel 12 yet, but we're going to go to verse 11 and read where I'm coming from when it comes to understanding this, this concept here. So go ahead and read Daniel 11, uh, 12 verse 11. From the time of the abomination desolation arrives, and the sacrificing comes to an end, is 1,290 days. And all of those will be blessed who who endure all the way to the end of 1,335 days. Now you'll go to your rest until that day and hour arrives, for then you'll be resurrected and you'll receive your inheritance after those days reach their end. I think, just like Daniel did in Daniel 9, I had a show on on the 70 weeks of Daniel, and if you haven't listened to that show, probably a good idea to listen to that first. He talks about those 70 weeks, those days are years Mm -hmm. and 70 weeks of Daniel. Okay, and that's almost every single Bible under a scholar, professor, teaches, yeah, those those days are years. Uh, And I went into how they corrupt those days to make years. Oh, well, there's a gap between the, the... 69th week of the 70th week, and that's what we're living in right now. You know, they make all these excuses. I, I've gone into that in the other show. I don't really want to get into that now. The point is, days is years there. What he, I believe he did the same thing here for days is years. At the end, this is the last chapter in Daniel here. And what he's going over is he's starting from the abomination of desolation. Now, we know exactly when that happened. Right. Because Christ tells us when that happened. He tells us it's going to happen when Jerusalem's surrounded and everything in 70 AD. And this is when exactly it occurred. Right before Armageddon. Yeah, right. Well, it was a destruction of the temple, right. destruction of Jerusalem, and when the Roman armies were surrounding it and everything else. That happened in 70 AD. <clears throat> Daniel is starting at 70 AD and giving a 1,335 days as years mm-hmm. prophecy here. And we, we know this is talking about days as years because it said at the end that Daniel was going to receive his inheritance and his resurrection mm-hmm. at the end of those days. Because remember, the first resurrection only talked about who? The one through the tribulation. Yeah, the first resurrection. It was the first resurrected were only the people that were the dead in Christ. Right. It did not count all the righteous dead from the Old Testament like Daniel, Ezekiel, Moses, Elijah, you know, we know all these people. We've, you know, we studied them in our Bibles. Okay. All those righteous men in the Old Testament, they were waiting for their, what's known as the the second general resurrection. 1,335 days. Well, we know the the 1,000 days was Christ's millennial reign. So that makes Satan's little season to be 1,335 days. So we have 335 days as years that makes up Satan's little season here. Okay, So Satan was released from his prison for a little season. But you notice there's two numbers there. The first number is 
1,290 days, and right. then and then there's 45 years more later tacked on. tacked on. So what I'm thinking happened, and this is just a guess, but somewhere within those 335 days, or as years, mm-hmm. 335 years, there was this Gog-Magog war. Right. And what I'm just thinking is that this Gog-Magog war might have been at the 1,290-day mark. That event. Yeah, that, that event of the Gog-Magog War where fire rained down for heaven and destroyed right. that whole army was, and that would put put that number at 1360 A.D. Mm. The millennial reign of Christ ended on 1070, mm-hmm. and then you have an extra 290 years, I think. Right. Yeah, and that puts it at 1360. Right. And then the remainder of the time, which is the final 45 years, uh-huh. years, then that puts the, us at the end of Satan's little season. Right. And what year is that? And that says that he's thrown into like a fire forever, 1405 A.D. So Satan essentially was thrown, that ended Satan's little season. Mm-hmm. And at 1405 A.D., he was at that point then thrown into like a fire. Because that's what the mm-hmm. Bible says. That, you know, he, he ended his days. Right. Now, remember, at the end of... According to, we just read Daniel. Right. At the end of those days, 1,335 days, Daniel... His inheritance. It, it, it is very clear. Daniel was told that he was going to receive his inheritance and his resurrection. So this is, I believe, the general resurrection of the dead happened mm-hmm. at 1405. This is the bombshell that I, uh, that I, <laughs> that I uh, want to share with you. This is when Daniel and basically all the holy saints were resurrected from the from dead. the Old Testament. From the Old Everybody, basically, if you read, we, we might as well go ahead and read Revelation chapter 20. Now, we're going to read Revelation 20 because this kind of explains a little 20, bit. Uh, it goes one, into the timeline. We'll just start here 20, okay. and go all the way through, and okay. we'll read each verse and how it, it works, and I'm going to explain my, my train of thought here because okay. this is going to be a little bit here. 11 through 15. Yeah. Then I saw a great white throne, and he who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled, and no one was found for them. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne. And they opened the books, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by the things having been written in the books, according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to their works. Then death and Hades was thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death. The lake of fire. And of if anyone was not found, having been written in the book of life, he was cast into the lake of fire. We, the, what we get out of this, the great white throne judgment was really only affected very clearly there, the dead. It's, he's very clear that no living person was judged at this time, at this great white throne judgment. It says the dead gave up, the the, the sea gave up the dead, and death and Hades. In other words, Hades, which was, I have a show on Hades. Um, you know, you might want to listen to those old shows that I have, because I go into where do you, where you go the moment after you die. And right. essentially, I taught that you go to Hades. This is a waiting place for the dead. Right. I've now changed my position today, okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go into why I believe we're no longer going to go to Hades anymore. I think that Hades was done away with, as it's stated here, right? At, in, at 1405 A.D. 
Uh, that was a key pivotal year in my. I mean, I'm using this as a round year. Might have been ten years later. Ten years. I mean, I'm just going by general. 1405 AD. I think that's when that's when the Great White Throne Judgment occurred. Well, there but is that was, no approximate time in the Bible when this occurred. But you're going through the Daniel timeline. Yeah, the Daniel right. gives us kind of the days as years. Mm-hmm. So we have 335. We have the thousand year reign of Christ. We get from right. Revelation. Then we get 335 years that is Satan's little season. Right. And then right now, at the end of Satan's little season, which was 1405, that's when the devil was cast into the lake of fire. Right. Where the beast and the false prophet already are. Mm-hmm. And that's also, I believe, when the Great White Throne Judgment started because at that point, all the dead were judged at that point. Death in Hades, in other words, the waiting place for the dead was now gone. Obsolete. Now, it was obsolete. It was done away with. It was destroyed. So this was the part that was catching me up. I'm like, okay, this doesn't make any sense. So what I was thinking is there's a gap, and we weren't quite at the Great White Throne Judgment yet. But yet, I'm looking at Daniel, and he says, well, wait a minute now. The Daniel's passage says at the end of those years mm. is when Daniel was going to receive his inheritance. So it's almost like, well, wait, I was scratching my head going, okay, there's I'm missing something here. There's a piece out of the puzzle. Yeah, I'm missing a <laughs> part here. Because if the Great Red Throne Judgment happened, and this is New Earth, I'm like, this isn't New Earth, because the way they describe New Earth with a, with a great city coming down, the, the, you know, and all this, and of course, no more ocean. Well, we know there's oceans on this Earth, so right. I, was, I was kind of perplexed as what this meant. I'm like, something's not adding up, and I don't know what it is. Well, I, I, this is where one word, <laughs> this is where one little tiny Word translation can get in the way of really understanding. Well, it's really a definition of a word. Now, if you look back at other scriptures, which you were going to go into detail about those, but this word is used in different ways, and it's just how we interpret that word in our language. If they kind of extended the word to another format, it might have made more sense, and you might have caught it earlier. Okay, so right now, I don't want to keep you guys in suspense because you know what? (laughs) I, when I came to this revelation and understood, I'm like, what? There's something not right. Okay, we'll go ahead and read the next verse. Because Revelation chapter 21, verse 1, okay. has that word that was tripping me up. So go ahead and read Revelation chapter one, uh, chapter 21, verse 1 there. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no more sea. Okay, so I'm reading that. I'm going, well, that's, I'm scratching my head going, well, it says the first earth passed away. I'm going to ask my co-host here. <laughs> because, you know, when I hear the word passed away, a certain thought process comes to my mind of what that what that phrase means. Well, both of us have lost and, our fathers. Yeah, and what do you so, think the word passed away would when refer When you to? hear that this phrase in the aforementioned passed away, it automatically makes you jump into thinking, Something has died, or someone has died, or it's no longer cease. It ceases to exist. Yeah, that's that's the way I kind of inter- like because when you hear that word "pass away," it's kind of like okay, well, that means that they it, it died. It, it well but that the other the other way of looking at it is it could be former, like it no longer is a priority, or it. It's in the past. It's kind of... And so we talked about this. Instead of saying pass away, they could have said pass by. Okay, okay. See, this is where I had to look it up. <laughs> this is, see, this is why. Right. I, and, and I looked at every single translation of the Bible. Right. 
Every one of them, I looked at all the major translations of the Bible. Let's look at every single one of them. King James, New King James. You know, it, it, pick your favorite version. It's almost all going to say very something very similar to passed away. Some of them even say perished or destroyed. They'll say anything like that. All of them say that. But there's one version that I found. Mm -hmm. Only one, okay, that I found that actually uses a different phrase. Well, you look this up also in the, the Greek well, okay, and I, 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 we're getting to that here. <laughs> but so I looked it up in the Greek to find out what Greek word did they use to translate that word left. But then I really wanted to see, well, how did these other translators? And believe it or not, the best translation of this word, of this single word, was from the very first translation mm -hmm. of the English Bible ever, the Wycliffe translation. Mm -hmm. This was the very first translation from to English of any and believe it or not this has the best translation of this of this phrase right. see go ahead and read this in the Wycliffe okay. and this is Wycliffe with modern they, they've updated the mod with the modern spellings but it's simply it's essentially the Wycliffe version what he, how he translated this phrase go ahead and read that one and I saw new heaven and new earth for the first heaven and first earth went away and the sea is not now see went away is a little different now Okay, went away doesn't mean it passed away. Or it ceases to exist. Or ceases to exist like what we were thinking. Well, no, it said it passed away. It's gone. It's it's never going to come back again. Okay, now I looked it up in the Greek. I'm like, I'm curious <laughs> in the Greek. And believe it or not, that word used here to translate passed away, well, guess how many times? I found it's 120 times all over the Bible mm. that word's used. Mm. Paracomahi. Okay, well, the whole point is I'm going to show you where this word is used all over the Bible. And trust me when I say there's not a single other place that you get the this idea that something, well, I mean, there's maybe a couple other you can infer that it could be, but it doesn't mean perished. Because no. we remember. Who wrote, who wrote Revelation? Who wrote Revelation? It's John. Right. And what and, else book did he write? And he wrote the book of John, which is, <laughs> you know, we all know John 3.16, right? He could have used that word for perish, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten that whosoever believes in him shall not perish. He could have used that word there. Well, perish means to die. And perish means to die, right. you know, definitely it's gone, it's not coming back again, that kind right. of thing, right? And he could have used that. He that could have used that word here to say the old earth the is first perished. Earth had perished. Right? Had perished. But he used this word. I'm going to show you other places in the Bible that this word's used, okay? And I'm not cherry-picking verses. You, no. I, I, I challenge any Bible scholar to, to go look that word up and do what I just did, okay? You tell me if this means death or anything like that, because, you know, I, when I'm reading this, I'm not seeing that this means death at all. Mm. So we'll, we'll go ahead and read. Let's go ahead and read Exodus a couple of these. Exodus 33, 19. Okay, we're going to start in Exodus here. Because this is, a, a, I, I, I'm not sure you're picking verses, but I want to use like parts of the Bible that maybe mm -hmm. my listeners might be familiar with. Right. And this is when, remember when Moses was talking with God on Mount Sinai, and he says, hey, God, can you like show me a part of yourself? Mm -hmm. Okay. Can you, can I get, you know, I want to see you. And it basically, we know how the story goes. If you've been in the church long enough, you understand. It's like, well, no, it would kill you if you saw me. But <laughs> and, and so, we'll, let's go ahead and read that one, Exodus thirty-three. Um, but he did say, "I'll, I'll, I'll show you a, essentially an essence, a, a part right. of myself." Okay, this is kind of what he did here. So, go ahead and read, read, uh, read Exodus okay. chapter thirty-three there. And God said, "I will pass by before you 
with my glory. And I will call by my name, Lord, before you, and I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and will have pity on whom I will have pity. Okay, so he told them here, here, I'm going to just pass by you and show you some of my glory, essentially, is what he said there. Now that word, same exact word, the word pass by. Now, no one would describe that word as being pass away. Mm -hmm. you no, know, he was just, in other words, that was, the word was used to describe, oh, he's going to, a part of him is going to kind of pass by him when he was in the cleft of the rock there. Right. Okay. Okay. So this is one example here. I'm just going to give you a few other ones here to get you to understand what this word means. So it means it's, it's kind of like going alongside, passing by, that kind of thing. Let's go, to Jer let's go to Jeremiah. Cause there's a bunch of places and they all kind of are saying the same. So-and-so, a lot of times it's used, it's the phrase like, oh, so-and-so went by um, this town or that town or whatever. And that's kind of how it's described. Mm -hmm. Okay, just kind of went along the way and went by him. So go ahead and read Exodus chapter no, 8. Jeremiah or Jeremiah 8, 20. 20, yeah. The summer is gone, the harvest is past, and we are not saved. Okay, this word, you know, where you use the summer is gone. See, this is how these translators, they translate all these words different, you know. Same exact uh, word here. Same exact Greek word. Summer is gone. That same word actually means summer is passed away or passed on. But we know summer doesn't pass away. We just know it because it comes back the next year. See, this is the idea. It's to say summer has been destroyed and you know it's never coming back. Right. But so, so what he's saying is summer has gone on its way and we're beyond summer now and winter is now here. And that's what he's being harvest is mm -hmm. past. So he's using all these phrases, but here it's exactly described as something that's not gone. It's just not here right now. Right. Okay. This is how this word's described. Let's go ahead and read. Let's go to the new Testament. We're going to go read some other passages of scripture that kind of use this phrase too. Matthew 24, 35 yeah. heaven and earth will pass away. But my words will by no means pass away. Now, okay, that so, one came to my... Yes, and this is Jesus prophesying the same thing. He uses the same phrase there. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. But what that word... And they use, they use that phrase twice. What that means is you, you're not going to be able to get around. Right. You know, that essentially, heaven and earth, you know, will eventually... You'll be able, We'll go on from there. We'll pass yeah. by that. I think it like Just like the earth we're on right now, we're going to pass on into something else. So this is not our, our permanent well, home. Well, I think it's it's not the focus. Right. Like heaven and earth, This the old earth has is not the focus now. It's the new earth. Right. The new earth is what we're looking for. Old earth is something we want to just kind of pass former. by. Mm -hmm. It's a former one. And just like summer is gone, you know, we're moving on to the next, you know, the next phase of the year, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But it's not like it's not going to ever come back. It's still there. It just, it's gone, you know. Right. And this is kind of the way it's described here. So let's go ahead and go to Matthew chapter 26 and go ahead and read. Verse 39. He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. That's when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, right mm -hmm. before he was about ready to be executed. Essentially, he was about ready to go to the cross. And he was praying, let this cup pass from me. This word pass is the same exact word. Mm. Okay. In other words, it isn't like, let this cup die from me. No, he's just saying, in other words, let this cup go. He's trying to Hit say, me. let this cup go around me. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is how, what does, how this word, you see, one thing I like about the Greek language is it's very <laughs> precise. 
and mm. how it describes things. And very, very precise on how it describes things. And so it's using, he's using this phrase, let this cup pass by me. In other words, the cup isn't going to be destroyed. He just wants the cup to go around him right. so he doesn't have to do this. But he knew he was going to have to do it. But he even says it again later on. Again, a second time, he went away and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. Yeah, so he basically says the same thing again. I know I'm not going to be able to get around, you know, let this cup get around me and pass by me. This is what this kind of, right. it means that you're, it's not like it's destroyed, it's just passing you by. Right, it's, it's like, yeah. almost like skipping over. Right. You know, can, can I just let it kind of go around me or, or, or over me, you know? Now, in Luke, here's another uh, example this word's used. I, I'm, I, I'm trying to drive this home because I, I'm, I'm getting to a point here, okay? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm just trying to drive my point home. We all know the story of the prodigal son. Most people are very familiar with that if they've gone to church. And right. it's, it's found in Luke chapter 15 here. But the point is, is I want to focus on what the older brother, because remember, we kind of know the story that the younger son goes out and basically blows all his inheritance on wild and crazy living. And then he, with like a tail between his legs, he comes home realizing I screwed up and um, he asked for forgiveness and all that. I, you can read the story if you want. I'm not going to get too much into that one. But the point is, is the, the father is so happy to see him that he makes a big feast for him. He kills the fatted calf, and you know, all the, well, the the younger older brother, he get he's upset because you know he's never gotten that kind of treatment of him being faithful to his father all these years. Now we're going to go ahead and read a verse of scripture there. Go ahead and read uh, Luke chapter 15, verse 29. There. So he answered and said to his father. Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you are never you never gave me a young goat that I might marry with my friends. He they use the word here transgress, but it's the same exact word of you know, basically I've never he's trying to say I've never gone around your commands. I you know, you've commanded me, I've never tried to like go pa- let, let him go past mm-hmm. me and, and go by me. I've always he, you know, of course there see again, they this is why these these translators don't always they always use these different words for all these different places, right? Right. So you're not seeing you're making the connection that no, he's he's basically saying I didn't I'm, I'm not going around your commands. I always followed him every right. last and he was upset about that. Okay, this is another way oh wait. Okay, let's go ahead and move on here. And uh, to uh, the next verse of scripture here, Luke chapter 16. We've got to keep going on here. And it is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one tittle of the law to fail. Okay, so essentially the same thing. It's, you know, pass away does, did not mean, you know, destroy. He never, it really doesn't ever mean that. What it means is that to go by, you know, pass by you. It, that this is it's always like a passing by scenario, okay? Every time it's kind of des- described that way. And go let's go to Luke chapter eighteen here, and this is a story of Jesus, okay, going around. He traveled around to different places, and of course, um, he always is, you know healing people along the way. And here's a blind man that gets healed, okay? Let's go ahead and read the story of this blind man that got healed. Okay, go ahead. Then it happened as he was coming near Jericho that a certain blind man sat by the road begging. And hearing a multitude passing by, he asked what it meant. And so they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. And he cried out, saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Okay, so here again, you know, he the, the, the same exact word used. Jesus here was just kind of passing by. And it's the same, this is the same word 
here describing passing away. Mm. Same exact Greek mm. word used, same word here. So we understand what this word means now. It doesn't mean destroyed. Again, you know, of course, the blind man, you know, Jesus was passing by his area and, you know, hey, Jesus, have mercy on me. You know, of course, and if you read the rest of that story, you know, Jesus stopped by, you know, he healed the guy and all that, you know. So it turned out really good. What that word means is not destroyed, but passed by. What I'm suggesting here, okay, this is what I'm getting to, that this word, essentially, what God did when he destroyed Hades, he replaced Hades with the new earth. And now there's essentially two earths. Mm. There's the earth we now li- we, we we live on right now, which is Earth One, or what I call a, a dub proto Earth, and it's basically old Earth. And there's another Earth that got created at 1405 A.D. at the Great White Throne Judgment, and that's Earth is where all the resurrected are right now, where all the holy people are, where everything else, where everything's going on. See, mm. he never, it never, this earth never got destroyed when new earth showed up. Right. See, this was stopping me, and so this all makes sense now. Essentially, we're living on old earth, or what I call proto-earth, and everyone else, all the righteous dead, and everyone who has died right. in your past, is now living on new earth now. Right. And new Jerusalem, so this is what I'm trying to explain to you, there's essentially two Earths now that are in existence since 1405 A.D. There's old Earth that we are still living on. And so this Earth of ours is basically a proving ground. Right. And at the time of our death is when we immediately get judged now and we go to the new Earth. Which you've already said before, when you if you review yep. these other um, ones about not going to heaven and whatnot. But we've already talked about that the only way to, to receive our reward, which is our eternal life, is to pass away, to die. Right. We have to die right. in order to get our... We have to endure to the end. That, that's exactly. what we're here to do, okay? So what I'm saying is, is right now, we're at the end of all the biblical prophecies that have happened. Because right now, a new earth has happened... And when that came down, remember, everything showed up there for to how... And that's where the, the saints, the, the first resurrected saints went. Where are the, the resurrected people? The people, well, where, are, where's Jesus? Where's all the first resurrected? You know, where are they? Well, I think that they went to New Earth. Honestly, at the, the, after, the great, uh, at the, after the Great White Throne Judgment, which is, I believe, happened around 1405 AD, they transferred up there. With this idea that, you know, we're not going to heaven... But the idea that if you look, we are going to another place. Right. We're going We're going for New Jerusalem now, which right. is actually what the Bible states. Right. And this place is available now. This is, see, this is such great news because what, all we have to do now is in, in this world, in this life, is endure to the end. And we will receive our glory in New Jerusalem. We're going to receive our inheritance right away. We don't have to wait in Hades no more. That place is gone and done for. God created a new, a new and improved Hades now, and it's called the new earth. But you believe in God. You've never really had to fear death because you know who you believe in, and you know that there's hope after death. People who don't believe in God, there isn't a hope for them because they don't believe in his um, word and his promises. So this is exciting because we know what to look forward to. But this heaven existed... And they're all up there partying, but that's not the case. It's just you can't enter 
this next earth until you die. Right, right. In, in other words, there's no Hades anymore. I've talked about Hades on other shows. I now realize that, that that's a past place that did warehouse the dead right. for a long time. But since 1405, when Daniel got his resurrection at the end of those days, right. as it states, everyone else got that resurrection. Remember, it was all the dead, both righteous and unrighteous, were going to be resurrected on the new earth. There's the righteous that get a place and an inheritance in New Jerusalem, which is that glorious city. And that's available right now for, you know, of course, we're, we're living on old earth still. This is the part that, you know, why I wasn't getting. I'm like, well, wait a minute. We couldn't possibly be on new earth because it's, the way it's described here isn't described. Well, yeah, of course. There's two earths right now. We're on old earth, enduring to the end, making it through our lives. And then if we are deemed worthy through this life by enduring to the end. Standing firm in our standing faith. Standing firm in our faith, being loving to our neighbor, showing compassion towards others, doing the things taught in the Bible. Right. We get then rewarded by going to New Earth, and we we get an inheritance in New Jerusalem, which is that glorious sanctuary. City. And that's why I like this last verse. It was Second Corinthians five seventeen, and this is the one that made me think of it when you shared it with me. It said therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. See, they use the word "passed away" because all the old things—it wasn't like they were gone. It just he's now. We're not. We're we're beyond that now. Right. See, just like the old earth isn't gone, it just the what he, what John was trying to state is: I'm seeing a new earth, and I'm beyond the old earth. This is Paul. He he yeah yeah right. he walked beyond. He moved beyond the old earth to the new earth, and that's what the vision he saw right. when he was he was he was describing in. Revelation chapter 21 verse 1. Revelation 21 verse 1 teaches two earths there. And they're not they're one of them's not destroyed. They're both alive and well. They coexist. They coexist the, but not in the same place. But because the purpose for each of them is defined. One is for us to live until we fulfill the time that God has allotted for us to live and live in faith and obedience to him and his word. And then the the new earth is where we get to live out our eternity. That is the hope that we have to look forward to when we've proven our through our faith and obedience here on this earth. Yeah, and if you're not a good person, then you go to outer darkness on that new earth. See, mm. that's where all the wicked dead go. So if you're good and you're righteous and holy, you get to go a place in New Jerusalem. But if you're wicked... And I've had shows on this before explaining, you know, where, you know, what, what happens to the wicked. Well, you know, you can look at my my hell deception show and, and re listen to that. They they don't they, they go to outer darkness outside of New Jerusalem. That's where they, they're at. Where they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth there because essentially they're not in. They they didn't make wise choices right. by living righteous and holy lives and whatnot. Okay, in my opinion, this is really great news, but it means that. All biblical prophecies are over, and not right now. What we have to do is we have to endure this life to the end, right. in order to achieve uh, to achieve and get our reward after our death. We immediately are judged by God and are given a place in in New Earth somewhere, either the good side or the bad side. Well, immediately, it's really encouraging because then we don't have to worry about all of these things that could take place that we're told are going to take place, and if we're not alert we're going to accidentally fall in the trap of going along with some consorted effort to take on the saints or whatnot 
all these things that we are thinking or alluding to happening in our timeline, we don't have to worry about them. And I think that's really the beauty. I, I don't think Revelation was really written so that we could think, what's next? I, I know, jokingly, someone had said something in 2020, um, looking outside to see what chapter of Revelation we're in. idea is it was um, a prophecy to let us know what the events were and to occur, not really in our timeline, but we just took them in our timeline because we were thinking they were, um, you know, future events. But it's so beautiful to know that this is all former right. and we don't have to worry about any of that, the, the details of all those, just trusting that if this is what John wrote and this is what God, because his word is true. God's word is not um, something we can't stand firm on. It's something that we can count on. We can um, believe every word of it is vital and true. So if we do that, we can have peace. We can have kind of a, a sigh. Whew. Great. We don't have to worry about that. That's not um, a concern for our future. We just have to live rightly, be obedient, um, love the Lord with all our, our heart, mind, body, and soul, and do everything to glorify Him and not our flesh. And we'll, at death, we'll receive the reward we're hoping to receive. Our inheritance. But... You know, this is why since 1405, I think what's happened is that that's when really the first Satan's little season got over. But right now we're living in a new Satan's little season because what happened is I doubt seriously that I'm the first one that's figured this out. I think the secret societies of this world figured out what was going on. Oh, you know, guess what? That's that's the end um, of Revelation. That's the end of everything. We're going to take over. And so that's what's been going on since. There's been a consolidation of power by these secret societies around the world. And that's kind of who's running. That's the new Satan now. And that's why we're living in a new Satan's little season under the tutelage in the same playbook Satan uses. Right. And that's what these secret societies have done right now to us. But this is by God's design. And again, God's still watching out for us here. It's not like yes. he's like abandoned ship. It's like, oh, now he's got a new earth going on there. He's going to just <laughs> screw us over on this earth. No. no, no. I mean, maybe even the saints from the old earth, a new earth, can come help us out. I don't know. I think they can go between earths. I really think they can. But, you know, maybe they help us out at times. And like I say, we're not, we still pray to the Lord. He hasn't given up. And I think, you know, we don't understand how the future is. But obviously, they've, we know secret societies and, and wickedness and evil people have really taken over, and they pretty much got a, 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 almost total control at this point. Of this well, we world. can't let what we can't control be a concern of fear or doubt or worry. We have to just be at peace about what God is doing, what He's allowing to happen. Trust Him wholeheartedly. We were all born at the time that we're born. We can't, you know. Yeah, help yeah. That. We have no control over how we were born or when we were born. All right. But we, what we can do is control. And have self-control now to make healthy and wise decisions to do to do good. And, to, to, and that's what and this t- this world God's is using as a testing ground to see who's his and who, who he can reward in the next world, which is the new earth, to where they will, will get our plot of land there in New Jerusalem, the garden city that has been created, that came out of heaven. That's where we want to live forever. And that's where we are going to live if we remain faithful to the end, follow the principles taught in our word, mm. and endure to the end. Just like everybody else had to do throughout history. That's why I'm saying this world doesn't look like there's going to be an end to this world, at least in the foreseeable future. 
So there's nothing coming up that's going to stop these evil people from keep doing what they're doing. But all we can do is control us. I can't control somebody else. Right. I've got no control over other people. I'm getting the word out right now that we're living beyond the original Satan's little season. And now we're in the new Satan's little season now. And Satan, I have a show coming. Really, Satan just means opposer. And the, we know the people running this world are in opposition to God. And so it's it's Satan's little season all over again, except without the devil now. We've got secret societies and evil people running this place. Well, you know, they've aligned themselves with the devil. A lot of their booklet information talks about a god, and it's, of course, not our god. You know, so it's a form of a god, which is what, you know, Satan always wanted to be a form of a god anyway. But the idea is, okay, so let's just reconcile that all of the things that we thought were going to maybe be in our timeline are not in our timeline God has it all worked out. He had it all worked out. We just have to understand and be clear as to what we're reading and how those words are defined in our language. And now that we know, okay, we just have to be strong and courageous, trust the Lord, live rightly, be reading his word daily because that really is our strength and our confidence and our peace of mind is all because of how we live and trust the Lord. Like you say, we're living right now, okay, because New Earth now is 618 years old now. In other words, 618 years ago, or right around there, I, I can't be no for sure, but it's pretty close. <laughs> That's give or take 10 years or so. I'm just, right around 618 years ago. That's how mm -hmm. old New Earth is. Mm -hmm. And it'll exist all the way through our life. In other words, everyone for the last over 600 years who have died go immediately to New Earth. Mm -hmm. Everyone does. This is kind of a bombshell because this is something no, I don't know anybody else has ever thought of this. And that's why I thought about uh, saying this show is called A Tale of Two Earths. Because we're <laughs> living on proto or, or old earth. And every and when we die, we immediately get transferred to new earth. Right. You know, and that's going to be our new home. And this is what the Bible teaches. It's clearly stated. Everything works. I don't have to make excuses for any scripture now. Everything makes sense. And it, it all, it, it, everything works out perfectly. There's no scripture that I don't, that, that doesn't fit into this whole thing. Right. We're beyond everything that's, in other words, every single, like the, like the preterists were right in a way, all prophecy has been fulfilled, but where they're wrong is they believe that we are living on new earth, which we aren't. New earth is where we go when we die. Right. That, that was a problem. They didn't factor in the fact that old earth was still around and that's where we're living now. Right. So we're living on this old earth that's run by the by wickedness and evil people now. And I'm sure the demons are around here are mucking it up too. And of course they you know they didn't get thrown in the lake of fire yet as far as we know. I don't know when they do, but their their time may be coming. But well God designed it this way. Yeah. So we're all here because God has designed us to be on this earth. And the design is we need to live out our lives on this earth. With all the muck of all the corruption and everything, keeping our eyes on him. So he knew that when we were all put on this earth, at whatever time that was, that we were going to have to live out our days. And if we could grow in his faith and knowledge of him through his word, that all, all the more. Grow in your faith. Get closer to the Lord. Walk with him. Because when you die, when you take your last breath, it is not an unknown event that's going to happen. No, we know be... you know exactly where you're going now. You're exactly. going to New Earth. <laughs> and guess what? Everyone that you knew that died before you is going to be there already. And all your children and grandchildren and everyone you know here on this Earth, 
they'll meet you there eventually. Because if they, if they trust in the Lord. Yeah. It, oh, well, no, even if you don't. Well, even yeah. if they're a wicked person, you're going to you're going to be able to, they're all everyone's going to new earth no matter what. If you're wicked or righteous. Right. So it it doesn't matter. We're all going to be in new earth after our death. Well, we want to be on the new Jerusalem part of the Yeah, world. yeah, we want to be on the righteous <laughs> side because the other side's the weeping and gnashing of teeth and outer darkness. We don't want right. to go there. No. We want to go to the good side. The side that has God's presence and God's glory shining 24-7, baby. So that's really the hope of this message, is that we can share this truth with other people. If people understand what the future really holds, and that's the great white throne judgment after this life is over, I think a lot of people would really reconcile their life to God if they understood that the way they're living now really matters and makes a difference. And, and another thing that was really confusing me is that there's a 7,000-year timeline, and I'm like going, well, wait a minute now, we're well beyond 7,000 years in the timeline based on the genealogies I've studied in my Bible. Right. And right now we're currently in the year on Old Earth, the one that we're on right now, what I call Proto-Earth, we're on the year 7577. That's where we're at. From creation till now, 7,577 years in. This is, this is our date that we're living right now, this time. You know, I was like going, well, the 7,000 year history, it seemed like the Bible was kind of seeming that the seven, well, that makes all sense now. Yeah, we're well beyond the 7,000 year timeline because every, all, everything's been fulfilled already and all we have to do now is just endure to the end, just live a righteous and holy life and we're going to receive our glory and inheritance. Just like Daniel was promised at the end of the 1,335 years when he wrote, when, when the abomination of desolation we're going to be there too. We just have to wait our, until our death. The good news is we don't have to go to Hades, to the waiting place of the dead like all the other people had to go through most of history. Well, I think this is really great because we have that peace that we know, okay, God has a plan. We were born when we were born. We can't help that. We're living this life the best that we can, making do with what we're going through, the challenges, the because he wants us to grow closer to him. He wants us to walk with him and to trust him with our lives, our families, just and having a peace of mind of knowing that he has a plan and a purpose for all things. And you know, if he if he had stopped this timeline from going not going past the seven thousand, we wouldn't have been able to enjoy the lives that we've had or live these lives. He's allowing this to keep going for those because he wants people to know who he is. And maybe he's given people another chance. I don't know how that you know, works out, but maybe this, knowing this can give other people a chance to know him and to know the truth. See, I think people are so distracted and deceived by all these other yep, um, yep. events and things that people are, are hinging their lives on. But if you know the truth and you know what's next, and it's, it's very clear, death is going to be next for everyone because that's the only way we're going to reach that new earth is through death. Yep, there's no escape valve except for death now. you got to understand this. Um, there's no event coming up that's going to we're going to escape death somehow. Everyone, and I've even stated this before in other shows, we're, we're all going to have to die in, before we receive judgment. I just thought that we were going to go to Hades 
when we died. I even have a show coming uh, about Hades, <laughs> and I, I'll still air it because it still talks about the way, the way Hades was and what the Bible teaches about it. But that's no longer really relevant to us because when we die, we don't go to Hades anymore. It's been replaced by New Earth now. Right. So we go to a much better place, the place that everyone else was waiting to go to, but we get to immediately go there after death. But so, we don't want it to be a premature death. We want God to be in control of how our days are numbered and trust that he has a plan for all the things and events in our life. And so if we just trust him with everything that's, that is going to be in our, our future, you know, our foreshadowing events, he knows them all. And he will help us go through those events and trust him that eventually, when it's our time, when he's allotted those days to be numbered, we will eventually get there. Yep, we just have to endure. That's why this, this, this is a proving ground. This The whole life, everything we're doing here, there's right now, there are two Earths right now. There's Earth that we're living on, which is old Earth, that has the remnant of all the history, and we've got to endure to the end. We've got wickedness reigning in this place and everything. New Earth, though, it's a totally different story. It's a completely other ball game. And once we endure and we make it through this life, and we do right, we live righteously and holy. And we, like I said, you've got to be righteous and holy. You can't just. Oh well, I just I believe in Jesus, and then you know you live your own life. No, I'm going to do shows here explaining. The Bible tells us how we need to be conducting and living ourselves, and and, and conducting ourselves to live. We need right. to be doing that. Okay. Well, and righteous living is of the forefront. That's what Jesus told us to live: be holy, for I am holy. You know, we need to to walk with the Lord, trust Him completely with whatever plan and purpose He has for us. Just know you're not alone. You know, we are all trying to understand and live by faith and obedience to God and his word. And I think if we just understand the seriousness to not be deceived, because that's really what we're trying to say here. There's a lot of deception in the church. And if we only knew the truth and the truth that we've uncovered and been able to understand is that there's hope. And that hope is really good news. Like I say, in Revelation chapter 21, verse 1, I just want to reiterate this really quick because this is a proof text I'm using to prove that there are actually two earths right now. Okay, there's two earths, I believe, right now. Based on all my biblical research I've done, there's new earth, because he said, I saw a new heaven and new earth for the first heaven and the first earth went by. In other words, it didn't, it didn't like get destroyed. It just went by and I, he was going to the next one. So you see... I think it Two might... earths there, Todd. It's, in other words, this is my scriptural proof text. I'm going to stand on that. And I challenge any Bible scholar, any Greek scholar, to prove me wrong on this. Because I know what I'm reading here. And I'm not reading... No, that, that, that first earth was dead and gone and buried and everything. No, that word does not mean that. Words have meanings. And this is why I'm absolutely confident in my mind. This proof text teaches... There, there are two Earths that are, are still around. I actually think, if you can just close your eyes and envision this, when he says that scripture, that I saw a new heaven and a new Earth, and that the old heaven the old Earth we passed by, that was kind of out of his view. That it was basically, when you're driving... Well, it's or like if, past tense. You're going to the new place now. You don't want to go to the old place. Well, you want to go to the new place. If you're yeah. driving and you look in your rearview mirror, things have... Have you pass them by and they don't cease to exist. They're just behind you. And right. I think that's yep. like, I'm also thinking like when you're on the, um, a ship and you know, 
the horizon of your port or you came from is behind you. It's no longer in your view. Right. And so I think that's really what I, I envision that John is saying, that it's no longer in his yep. view that he's looking at. He's not looking at the old earth. He's looking at the new earth, which, in my opinion, is where all our, our eyes should be on. We should not, we're living here on this old earth, this corrupted, controlled earth. It's just led by deception and deceiving people, trying to hurt people. They don't care them, about them. We care about you. We care about everyone that God has made. We want everyone to know this truth because we want everyone to be looking forward, looking at the new earth to come in your future. And that's the beauty of yeah, it. Yeah. I think where a lot of us have been, and you re recently preached on, the only woman that Jesus talked about was Lot's wife. And the, to remember her because she looked behind. Well, he doesn't want any of us to do that because then you're... We want to look forward to our new home. Exactly. New Jerusalem. Coming coming for us. We don't have to wait to Hades no more. <laughs> Woohoo! You know, this is a major... This is like... This is the biggest news that I've gotten. Of my biblical research that I've all of I done all my life, you know, 40 plus years now. <laughs> this is the biggest bombshell I've ever discovered. And I challenge anybody to prove me wrong on this because I know I'm right. What really got me is, you know, you look, you look at this, this Gog Magog War, which is really the last event, and it's described as a pretty ancient event, actually. You look at the Gog Magog War... And it's showing all these weapons that they would use, like, in ancient days. Stuff, I mean, since the advent of gunpowder and stuff, we would have never used weapons like that. And this is the last event that's supposed to occur before the Great White Stone Judgment. And so I'm like, this is not making any sense here, because the way Ezekiel is describing the Gog-Magog War, it's something that is well into our past. And I'm going to give you some examples of this really quick. Because I know we're going super long on this show. But I don't care. This is a bombshell show. And I hope you guys enjoy this. <laughs> Ezekiel. And I want you to read, read Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39 for yourself. You know, what I did is I just did a list. I'm just going to read through these two chapters. And get an inventory of all the stuff that they used for, in this war. Horses. They had horsemen. Bucklers, shields, swords, a massive army to, to, to plunder with gold and silver and livestock. That's what they were going for. They were going for low, gold, silver, and livestock, okay? Bows and arrows, spears, javelins, lances, and it, it talks about many wooden weapons that they burned after the war was over. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is... All those things, I mean, it's a laundry list of weapons that were used that we don't use any of those weapons today. Not a, Maybe if you say a shield, we might use, that might describe like some kind of breastplate or some kind of armor, a bulletproofing armor people might use. But everything else is describing something that would be used well into our past. Almost everything else. Hmm. And I'm not cherry-picking that. You can read it for yourself there. And that's what got me thinking. Is like, this war, it's describing a war that happened well into our past here. And I'm just trying to be as honest with the word as I can. Mm -hmm. Okay, That Gog-Magog war happened, it sounds to me like before the advent of gunpowder, which was hundreds of years ago. Mm -hmm. And it, it was that was during Satan's Little Season, the original Satan's Little Season. Now we're in what I dubbed Satan's Little Season 2.0 right now, because now it's all these wicked secret societies running everything now. 
And they're the new Satan now. Because Satan just means a poser. And we and we know the people running this world are opposing God. Right. That's what that means. Right. I'm just trying to explain this to you because understanding that that was in our past. And then the next event is, guess what? The Great White Throne Judgment after that. So I'm saying, yeah, it all fits into a perfect 7,000 year timeline. Everything works. It, it explains how, why Daniel was going to get his resurrection at the end of those days. Because that's exactly how it all fits perfectly. 335 years of Satan's little season. I just gave you how many years, but that was in our ancient past now. So well, I matter. think the struggle in all these events that people were kind of hoping to happen in our timeline, I think a lot of people are hoping that an event would occur so they could live through it and be rescued and not have to die. But I think if we look at the scriptures, even, you know, especially when Jesus died, that he's the first fruits, right? We talked about that. Mm-hmm. That he died. Yes, he came back to life three days later, but he had to die. So if he had to die, why are we thinking that we don't have to die? That we all will have to taste death That's to right. get our reward. That's right. And I know that a lot of people, it, you know, I remember when I was a child, I thought death is scary. But if you know whose you are, and you know he has a plan for you, then death is not a, a scary event that will happen. In fact, it's something you might have peace about when it eventually will occur because you know where you're going. You know what God has in store for you. And it's that idea, you know, we used to get report cards back in the day, and that great white throne judgment, I always think it's like the the epitome of any report card because he's going to look back and see mm-hmm. how you lived and how well you did and all those things that uh, that aspired in your life. And I think that's really the the one um, thing we want to make sure we, we get a good grade on is how we live this life. We're going to have a timeline chart that I've, I've come up with that kind of you can print this off, hand this out to people because it's kind of hard to understand some people are visual learners. I've had people request, can you make a timeline chart? And so that's what I've done here. And I've kind of explained all the events that have kind of come around and where we're at. We're, we're beyond everything on this timeline chart. Now history is just going to keep going. We're going to be on this earth. And as soon as we overcome the obstacles on this earth, we move on to new earth that is coming out, that, that that's already ready for us, ready to go. Our inheritance is waiting for us there. Mm. Get this. Our inheritance is waiting for us right there. All we have to do is endure to the end of this life and follow the teachings of Christ. And now we'll have ones on teachings of Christ and what we need to be doing because Christ taught us how to live and how to conduct ourselves and exposing all this nonsense that these that these wicked people that are running this world are trying to do. They're trying to run this world into the ground and, and because they realize what I just taught you. And they have to, the people on the very top that are, that are running this world, they know that we're beyond all these events that people are waiting. That's why they've, they put this all into the churches. They try to get everyone to, to be mm. fighting over and teaching all this stuff that ain't going to ever happen. Mm-hmm. No, all these events that people are waiting for, they'll be right around the corner. None of that's going to happen. Right now, we're all, the only thing we're waiting for is to endure. We're enduring now. And that's why we just got to hunker down with our families Plan ahead for the next generations. See, people don't ever plan for the next generations because they think, oh, I only care about myself. But now that we realize that our kids are going to have to endure death too, and so is their kids, we, why don't we start acting this way and start thinking 
towards our new home and preparing our children. That's what I want right. us to do. So, you know, we're living in Satan's little season. You know, it'd be like a Satan's little season 2.0 now, but it's still <laughs> the opposer season. Right. Not only because it's biblical. But now it's because it's the only thing that makes sense scripturally. Join or contact us at satanslowseason.org. This is a non-copyright Living in Satan's Little Season production.